Welcome and thank you for joining me on another episode of Made to Cast. I'm Brent Hashimoto and today's guest uh, was the first person to ever be, as soon as I announced this, the first comment I had about it was, are you going to get your new best friend on? And for anybody that doesn't follow me on my Instagram, I had a little bit of a runner with Mr. Nate Marling with Marling Bates that I had got a couple baits off him. And in those videos, I expressed how people didn't know how I got them, how I acquired them, and I just simply said it's because we're now best friends. Uh, little to Nate's knowledge, he was not privy to the fact that he was now my new best friend, and it apparently was a one-way relationship. So I'm very excited about having him on here today getting to actually sit down and talk with him. There is a handful of things that I forgot to talk to him about. I had planned, I wanted to, this being one of them. Um, so I'm going to have to get him back on another day to discuss our long-lost friendship and, and a few other things that I forgot to talk about. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Nate Marling with Marling Bates. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Made to Cast. Today's guest is by far the most requested guest that I've ever had. Uh, just killing the socials game. Over 500 subscribers, 500,000 subscribers on YouTube. Over 75,000 on Instagram. Uh, again, talked about the most. And I, I was always hoping that I would get him on here one day. But... <laughs> Thank you for joining me. We have Nate Marling with Marling Bates. I'm not going to do it. You're going to do it by the end of this episode. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Dude, that, that, that is the only request of you being if on here is I get a one day. If it's just by the audio end. form, it doesn't work. I can't just <laughs> it, say it on a podcast. Oh, hey, <laughs> I've done it twice in the last two seconds. We're getting a one day out of you. Uh, I might get a random. How, how you doing, brother? Doing great. How you Excellent. Doing? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate you being on here. I um to be honest with you, i I watch your videos like anybody else in the business does, and I was so involved with your video that I had somebody else send me a link that said, Hey, Nate's listening to your podcast. Did you catch that? And I was like, No, watch the episode though. And I went back and I heard it in the background and I can't remember, it might have been episode three or four that I was listening to uh, that you're, but I was like, holy shit, Nate listens to the podcast. Like, you know, like it's, it's just a weird thing to, I mean, it was the same with Chris and the same with Nate or I'm sorry, Miko, just yeah. having big, big names in the bait world. Um, no, totally. It's the to perfectly this. fitting podcast for bait makers to listen to. So I'm listening. That's all. <laughs> that's amazing. And I like honestly floored by it, but I want to jump right into this because, again, you've had such a huge impact on the bait making world. Um, like I said, I said to this just before we started this, 90% of the people that listen to this um, know what you do, who you are. But uh, your history in this is so 
and I don't want to blow it up too much, but let's just say profound because you have so much vested time into detailed step-by-step -step into all forms of baits, but mainly the hard baits and the, and the, the I'm not going to say the one days, but the, the <laughs> one of ones, you know, the, the cast to catch builds and yep. definitely made it user-friendly to watch your videos and to step away and say, um, I, I could try that. I could do that. So what, like, bring me back to the, the Nate origin story of what got you into doing this. So by this, do you mean the videos or just bait making in general? Bait making in general. Let's start with the bait making in general. Um, I was young and looking for a way to make money. And that's pretty oh, okay. much why I started bait making. Um, before bait making, it was soap. I was thinking about making soap bars and making little gift baskets. I was a lifeguard at the time and I was sitting on the lifeguard stand just staring <laughs> at the water thinking, what can I do to make money instead of this? Because it was like, seven dollars and 25 cents an hour right being a lifeguard at the ymca <laughs> and i'm like well i could sell a 25 dollar basket of soap or something <laughs> and then i got on a just a tear i was going to make soap and it didn't work out and then i thought what else could i do and the next thing was lures and i tried that and i loved it really yeah the progression was from soap to lures yeah i was just trying stuff <laughs> <laughs> and lures really <laughs> stuck it, right it's it's still stuck i'm still doing it but that's that's awesome go ahead but not so much making money uh selling lures as i started out doing i i literally was just trying or i literally was all the money i was making was just what i was selling in lures um and this was before youtube this was a long long time right what year i don't even know what years that would be whoa college uh, so did you stop lifeguarding or were you lifeguarding at the same time? I just pretty much stopped lifeguarding. Just, yeah. No and, more old people floating in the, in the deep end. Just yeah. And I was, pretty, right I, was I was, still, I was still, uh, living at my parents' house too. And I was lifeguarding and right. I started making lures out of the bedroom. I was living in at my parents' house. So just out of high school, that that's what was going on. Right. Which, I mean, you saying that it's stuck, it, it resonates with me because I am a professional hobbyist. And by hobbyist, I mean I start a million things and don't finish anything. Nor do I stick with any of those hobbies. And I just went away with my, my best friend this last weekend, and he was like, I can't believe you're still doing the lure thing. He's <laughs> like, I, I've seen you get invested into biking, into knives, into like a million different things. And the fact that this one stuck blows my mind. It's just something about it. Oh, that's uh, crazy. I had a friend one time, longtime friend from high school. And this was when I was living in the house I was living in before. It was this tiny little shed of a house. And it, you guys know, it had the, the garage I used to make baits in in the videos. And mm -hmm. a friend came over from high school and he's like, wow, I'm just like amazed that you have this small, humble little operation going on. And it's, and it's making you money and, and you're fine. It's like, and, and in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, I want this to be so much bigger. And he's amazed <laughs> that it's so small and cool. And, fun. and I'm just like, well, I have so much more plans for all this and stuff. Right. Yeah. You, you go through so much of that, having to start a business like that, selling a product that you make with your hands. And yeah, it's tough. That's it. And, but there's also the opportunity to like, we'll get into your route and the way you took, but like, there's different routes that you can try to access once you kind of start working out your kinks, right? Like you, 
you went into like the YouTube and the uh, like the step by steps and then also selling those baits. But like yep. you went into the tutorial market, but then you can like as an individual, you don't have to go big. You can just sell your baits privately. You can do shows. You can do yeah. tackle places like there's so many different avenues you can take depending on how big or how um, reserved you want to get with what you do with your sales um, or or yourself or your company or your brand. Um, but to get into the YouTube aspect of it that you did, what motivated that from, I mean, I've watched your videos kind of where you explain how you were selling on eBay and stuff like that. Yeah. But what motivated that turn to go the YouTube route? Like, it, uh, I'm going to assume it was a tutorial base because your first, uh, I'm going to say dozen videos, give or take, were no, no audio or, uh, like no vocals. I, I have, you didn't uh, speak on them. I have privatized ones that are earlier than that even. That Oh really? Yeah, and what it I well I answer to your question. It it was uh I was just posting action shots of the lures I was making for sale. That's what I first put on YouTube. Ah, smart. And then so that's why I started using YouTube and then it just that didn't really help or work or it was kind of pointless. I wasn't that big. <laughs> it, it didn't really matter. <laughs> and then so I privatized those, and I guess what did get me making my first tutorial video? I think I knew that you could make money off of YouTube, and I just wanted to try to get views and make money off right. of YouTube by making some tutorials. And people really appreciated those videos when they were low, I guess. And it, not so much step-by-step, step, but it's just here's the entire slow process. <laughs> Methodical. Yeah. And I mean, I still enjoy that. Um... And I talked to Miko about that. I enjoy the nuanced stuff. And you're very big on that too. Yeah. It's not cutting a scene too short. Like yeah. you do fast fl- like fast cuts, fast edits, but you also will leave a little bit more in. And that's what I'm there for. Like I love the nuance of all of the detail carving. Like Yeah. It's all even the painting. Yeah, I'm thinking like when I think of that, I think of like stuff the camera in there and get the full frame of what you're doing. Definitely. That's kind of I don't the main focus. That's what I feel makes the video like you're you can watch it easier if it's a full frame shot of what you're doing. Yes. And and like I said, your first few videos that are on your YouTube are are no no talking. They are just like uh musical yeah. background and which were amazing tutorials because they were they they explained what you're doing without actually being told what you're doing. You could just follow along. Um, but then you yourself became yourself in a video. I like, I remember watching your videos when you started going into it and you're like, I don't know what to say, (laughs) like, which, but I think, which is why also people can watch you to this day still and get a lot out of you because you are extremely down to earth in your videos. Like you're not. You're not bigger than, you're not anything like that. You're just straight up explaining. You leave the some cuts in. So purposely you put some cuts in that like will make you dropping stuff or uh, everybody yeah. knows the lead pod issues. Like those don't have to be you didn't have to tell people that you didn't plug your lead pod in. Hey man, that's serious. But stuff. it's just but it's just the mistake that everybody makes. Yeah. So it just you're just definitely down to earth and, and like a real guy to, to watch. So it makes the information that you're you're putting out there super easy to digest as well because you're not watching like you know this is a guy that's doing it himself start to finish edits all that stuff yep 
and it's just it's that part you've nailed that part for the for the viewer aspect and i'm coming from a viewer watching that but like like you said you had you wanted to see the monetization value of it you started getting into it what like at what point would you say like not to an exact but like what point where did you like oh this is viable like this uh, is a viable well because there had to have been that point where you're like i want to refute your previous point because i say a lot of goofy repeated things too i want to I want to throw that in there <laughs> i'm not i'm not super super out i feel like a lot of the time i do put a lot of filler things to say in my videos because it's just repeat stuff but then again i kind of justify it with like well i gotta move along with the video it's more about building the thing and stuff and if i don't know the perfect thing to say in the moment it's i'm, I'm pretty critical about it but it's very good yeah. like i'm not i i, I don't want to come up you're it's very very natural what i'm watching when I watch it, like, I don't feel like anything's like, you're like, oh, I need to say this or that, or, you know what I mean? You're very natural with whatever you put in your videos. And again, that's why, why we all watch them. Gotcha. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be critical of what you do. I'm no, I'm trying the, to be critical one, I think. <laughs> no, but it's, it's very good. But the, the, the monetization, and I, yeah. I mean, I don't like, because there had to have been a point, I'm assuming, I'm going to assume that there was a point. Um, yep. Because I obviously don't know, and, and I'm not prying on that information. I just, you, you and Chelsea have the house. Mm -hmm. um, and Chelsea's so, working a full-time job. Right. Also. And I'm pretty much just trying to sell lures, making YouTube videos, like trying to sell lures slash making YouTube videos slash like figuring out what I'm going to do with my life. And then Chelsea yes. has a full-time job and we're living in the same house. So it's, it's a bit of a sticky situation. I like, I need to figure out stuff. And that's that's the point that I'm I'm curious about because there's that tipping point where you say, Do I go I mean I kinda talked about this last week with Daryl, like there's a point where you're like, Do I go and get a job at the hardware store just because things are starting to get Yep. Or do I put all of my eggs into this basket? And I put and, all my eggs into a basket and, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean which is Which is which is cool to hear because I mean it's cool to hear that it's you were successful at it. Yeah, because not everybody is. That's a cool. Thing. No, I, I, no. That is. <laughs> <laughs> that is the cool. But like, because not everybody can be. They try to put all the eggs in the basket, and it still doesn't pan out for them. Yeah, and I'm not just for YouTube for anything. People invest in themselves, and sometimes it doesn't pay out right away, at least. Uh, but it definitely paid out for you. Yeah. Um. And yeah, which, so it was. I can tell you the video. It was. Uh, the Hornet, it, I think it all started with the Hornet. That one got six-figure views within wow. the month of posting. And then pretty much every video after that, it, was, it wasn't hard to obtain that. And that's how YouTube worked for me. It just, boom. And it, yeah, it worked out. After that, right. like maybe a couple months after that, Chelsea quit her job. Cause, and then we kept doing that, kept on the grind, moved out of that shed we were living in. And now we're doing what we're doing. Right. Everything. Which is, which is now, but with that, you have also, and I don't know how public they are, and I can cut this out, but you have two kids now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm so, about that. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, like, I have three, and I know what it's like to, like, say, with lure making, even, 
the time that you have is now um it has demands in other in other places and then with youtube videos your your film time for like getting out to the lake or the the pond or the river mm-hmm. it, it's mitigated by new childcare so like has that affected the the filming progression having new kids and like has that um not hindered because I don't want to make it sound like it's a negative thing, but has that played a role in your like your goals towards building your YouTube channel? It's uh if anything it's helped, I think. It's kind of just motivated a really a, a more rigorous schedule out of me. And my my wife, she's a full time stay at home wife and it's just it works out perfect. It, I, I spend right. an hour with them every morning. Uh, and Chelsea works out and I feed them and watch TV and play in the living room and hang out with them for about an hour every morning, eight to nine. And then I just start the rest of my day, finish my work hours and come home and it, pretty much after dinner, I don't work. And yeah. Right. Uh, pretty well, much so- just normal working hours. I spend just m- making lures and videos. And I think that's important to for because i don't do it full-time obviously i do it when i can but i think that's important even when i can do it is i try to schedule my time so when you're doing it as your main source of income mm-hmm. it's cool that like and for anybody listening more not so you because you've obviously got your your thing down but people that are listening to it the thought of working from home doesn't mean like it's almost harder to to keep that schedule you oh, have yeah. to you have to say like, "This is my job. I'm starting at." You make your hours, yep. But you have to dictate that time and allow yourself that time to work a full day's work, or else yeah. it can get tough. Because the, the when you're like, "Oh, you know what? I can work. I'll go from nine till you know noon, and then I'll take a couple hours. I got to do this, and then you know I always got from seven thirty till eleven when the kids go to bed. When you start doing those like jump around schedules mm-hmm. it no longer becomes that rigorous like work day the scheduled work day yeah. and i i feel like less gets done so that's cool to hear though that you do schedule like a work day every day it is your job you know things have to get done in that time yeah and the scheduling all it consists of is like from this this hour to that hour just do this i don't really like in between schedule it's just i have this amount of time get as much done as possible Right. And then, right. you know, then there's the family life that I schedule around the work. So the work's pretty relaxed. The, I mean, it, I've gotten to the point where it's like, it's really not that hard to make a video and edit. And I enjoy editing and making the video and shooting the shots just as much as I enjoy we were making. And it's like, really? Yeah, it's, it's the perfect fit for me. I love it all. See, cause like I got, I have an hour and a bit of this podcast to edit and I want to, I want to rip my own hair out sometimes. And it's not even that I got a lot of edit. I just have to listen to it again and like cut out background noises and the odd cough and sniffle. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the video I tried to in, I don't even know, 2021, 2020, something like that. I tried to make just little painting tutorials in YouTube uh-huh. and I did a scale one and it, it like, I mean, for me, it stuck. Somebody who's never made a YouTube video. It's got like 40,000 views or something like that, which is right. incredible. Like, I can't believe that many people have watched it, 
But like even editing that, like I'm like I don't know how you guys do this. <laughs> like I don't know how because it, I don't know. It's trick. I'm that's just not. I'm not a digital guy like that. Though. Dude, I can like, do it just, with my eyes closed anymore. Yeah. Like, see, I, I started boom, 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 boom. And I like enjoy the product that's coming out and that I'm creating at the time. I really like editing. Oh, see, and that's, and I think that's why, I mean, it shows in your videos, even just the little, like, the jump clips that you have yeah. and your ability to, because that's the other thing when I watch, like, a video like yours is the, like, when you're going through and you watch something and then you'll bring a clip back from the beginning, like, that you said something, like, you, <laughs> I'm never going to cut this this way and then later on the video you cut it that way and you put the jump clip in there where you said it like yeah. those things i Make i don't know how you guys your brains work that way like i <laughs> i would never i mean leave the video editing to to people like yourself that know what they're doing but yeah it's crazy i've never taken a class in it either i had to learn this i have this weird software it's old nobody uses it but i know it really well and i can it's all i've ever used and <laughs> i just like it but i mean at this point now I mean, you have, you do have an operation that's running. You have kind of a machine, a YouTube machine that, that runs and is, is finely oiled. Um, now I'm, I'm assuming that your email and your comments and your DMs are just blown up with suggestions. Yeah, that and I don't pay that much attention to them. I can I can I can agree to that. You yeah. are somebody who and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm yeah. just saying that you are somebody who is lives on social media. Like your 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 world is social media and yet you are not present on social media all the time. Like no. you preserve it for what you do and then you you're gone. I still make like a like check it and don't let stuff slide too much effort, you know, I need to choose one side. I'm riding the fence on that, you know, like sometimes I'll respond promptly and sometimes I'll see, I have five messages. I see who they're from and it's like, I just don't want to do that right now. I put my phone back in my pocket and keep doing my day, you know? Right. And that's easy to build. And, and then, yeah, like obviously let that slip under the radar. I mean, I don't have, like, I, I don't even have a fraction of, of what you're talking about. And I will open something up and be like, oh, I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. And then and then a month later, I'll get a message from that person being like, hey, I don't know if you saw that, but I'm like, yeah, I did. I mean, I, I bet that it. normal, like, lure making, like, garage builders who run a bit of an Instagram page and do bait drops and stuff, I bet they might get more messages than me because they have a functioning business and there's a real physical reason for people to be contacting them and stuff it's like the baits that are going out the door and i bet they do get a lot of messages that they don't want to deal with and have to deal with more than me so i'm not complaining <laughs> right and it's it, you know it's not a big it's not anything that stresses me out like the amount of messages i get or the amount of uh, people trying to contact me all the time it's not too much right yeah well i mean but like when I, when I started doing this, and I, the reason I bring this up is like when I started doing this podcast, and then obviously thought one day I would get you on. I'd love to get Miko on, like some of the big um, personalities on, just to see what their side of the story is. Yep. When I'm talking about the comments, your comments fill up in your YouTube right away. Like I, I watch your video; it's got 
8,000 views on it. The next day, there's 30, 40 comments, 50. The comments built, but one that stuck around, which you've done now, is, and I mean, I think for the last four years, is baking soda and super glue lure. Yeah. Like, you get comments. There's another one. Um, a chip, a chip lure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. A, a chip lure. Um, but you get comments to build things all the time. Now, I'm going to assume that going on as long as you have, you still have a pretty big arsenal of things that you want to get to, like build. Like, and I'm not saying by comments, but I'm assuming your catalog is full of like ideas that you want to still work to. Yeah. There's a lot of ideas you put on the back burner because it's just too ridiculous and you don't know what you would use for the <laughs> tiny little antennas that they got or the legs and the blah, 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 you know? There's tons of those ideas that it's, right. it's never ending. It's, it's, it's how many species exist kind of numbers. It's, it's huge. There's tons of ideas. But, yeah, you're restricted. You can't... Like, there's one guy that's been saying make a cave cricket for, like, two years, and I don't know what to do for the legs because you, you know what a cave cricket is? Like this I do. abomination of a cricket, giant legs. It's like fat, yes, hand-colored thing. Yeah, and that's been stewing in my mind for as long as that guy's been telling me to make it. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do for the legs yet, but it'll come. I'll I'll make a right, today, and that guy will be happy. <laughs> that one guy. <laughs> that's my... <laughs> so with the YouTube then. Yep. What what do you have? Do you have a like a projection for it, or is this your like is this what where your your honey spot is? I, oh, I have constant. plans. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna change. The, what I'm on right now is a, almost like nine, almost ten months ago. Maybe I said like I'm gonna make a video every week. I'm gonna do one a week, and I'm not gonna break it. It's gonna be posted every Sunday, and I want to do that for a year at least. And then after that, it might change up. It might be more frequent. Um, yeah, I have plans Yeah, for maybe two a weeks, but I don't want to like make that an official thing. I just said, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here made to cast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think what you said there though, is for, and I mean, you have a, a large an extremely large following on, on YouTube and Instagram, but for, especially the smaller, like myself who are building an Instagram, let's just say. It's one of the fastest, because uh, people, I only have 4,000 followers compared to you, but then I get comments from people with 150 followers asking how I got to 4,000 followers, and what you said is my main thing, which is when I started my Instagram as a bait maker, like not a personal Instagram, but a bait making page, uh -huh. was consistency. Oh yeah, and only for yourself, so, because I when I started it, I said I'm going to do it for three months, and I need to post three times a week. Yeah. I want to do it three times a week, and I'll find something. And that means maybe during the process, I take three pictures at the same time, but I post them throughout the week. I want three posts a week, and I'm going to do that for three months. And yep. nine months happens, and you realize, oh, I've been doing this every every week for nine months. Like a year happens, you're like, it's not so hard. But then you start realizing people are there for the consistency and you pop up on their feed and they become invested. They become interested in the projects that you're doing and, and what you're working through. Um, YouTube videos, 
I can only imagine are the same as how I feel with this podcast. And that's in the sense that when I started this, I wanted one month. I said one month, I want to do it four Fridays and just see if anybody ends up listening. But by the third Friday, I had people saying, look forward to it next Friday. Oh, and that's when I realized, like, people have already, like, on their Friday drive to work or whatever, like, understand that this is going to come out on Friday. I now have an obligation to try to get this out every Friday by midnight. Yeah, you started routines, man. That's right. And now you do every Sunday. Yep. And I know people that schedule coffee on Sunday with Marlon Bates. Yeah. Like, it's... Because it's, it just becomes a routine thing that you can now sink your teeth into. And I don't want to become or, or sound like that guy, but over the last three years, um, I feel like routine has been the main thing that have kept people sane oh, with yeah. all of the COVID and the lockdowns. Everything's uncertain. Every, you can't do this. You can't do that. It made but, me start a routine for sure. That's about the time. After I had right. COVID, uh, it was like in November of last year, I had COVID. And yeah, mm-hmm. then I just, I started working out more. I started being more consistent with videos. I, like everything just got more consistent after that. Right. And I, and I think that's when people can find that consistency, they really become, and especially because, I mean, up here in Canada, at least, I feel like we were taken out of lockdown six months ago, but we were under this weird i mean the world was for three years under this weird like what do we do can we do this can we do that to to be able to say every sunday nate's have a video dropping you know what i mean like or or whatever the thing is if you had those scheduled routines we linked up (laughs) yeah we linked up to that it made us feel like okay we have some structure in our lives and i mean for a guy that's doing baits in his garage making youtube videos it might just be a Wednesday morning that you wake up and you're like, you know what I'm going to do a cast a catch today. I'll do a one day. And, and that's what you do mm-hmm. for somebody in Birmingham. <laughs> that's the thing that they have to live for on Sunday. Like they, they have that, like, okay, I have a structure thing. you know what I mean? And I think yeah. that's for you, for, for anything that I do that somebody might have that feeling towards to anybody. Which baffles um, me because I'll, I'll sidetrack a bit. I'm not, Starting out my YouTube, I was so inconsistent. I would I would not post for three weeks for some videos, and during those times, I'd get like some of the best views I've ever gotten on videos too. And then I go to posting really consistently on YouTube, and then it's it all like funnels into kind of the same amount of views. A lot of views, super happy, but it's it's just interesting the way YouTube has worked with me throughout history. Regarding right. that, is right. that. Sometimes it seems like they don't favor consistency, they like sensationalism, and then other times mm. people say they favor consistency and, you know, you need to post every day kind of stuff. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't know how, like, the, I don't know if it's an algorithm on YouTube or how it works or how they... Yeah, and that's how, all how they do time and who knows what changes they make to it and stuff. But yeah, I, it's been all over the place for me throughout my entire time of doing this when it comes to people saying that this is good to grow or this is good to grow. I don't know, but (laughs) it is good for yourself to be consistent and you'll keep doing the thing that you want to do. And hopefully it gets big. That's, that's kind of, I, I, I think like, and I mean, 
again, this is coming from me. Uh, the more you can do it for yourself, though, like you said, like yeah. the consistency is good for you. Yes, the more consistent you can be, but the more you enjoy the like, the less you're doing it for somebody else, and the more you're doing it for yourself, the easier it is to be consistent. The easier it is to drive. I'm going to call it wholesome content, even though I'm not meaning it literally. Like content that people feel like you're really into. You're not faking it. When I watch your videos, I don't think that you're just dragging your feet through a video just to get content out. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I feel like you're enjoying what you're doing. And I think that's important because, again, that's easy to watch. It's easy to watch somebody who loves what they're doing. Um, it's, It's a way faker if you're doing something just because you think that's what's going to whatever, pull in views or get people to like you. Um, so the consistency I think is a lot easier when you're into what you're doing. So if you feel like you're forcing it because you don't really want to do it, maybe it's not the avenue to take Like for for people that think that it's like an easy moneymaker because you, let's be honest, there's nothing easy about it. Like I know it's easy for you. You and I shouldn't say easy. You enjoy doing it. So it makes it feel easy, but to get to where you're at, didn't happen overnight like we've discussed it's taken years yeah it's quite a bit so to formulate that like it's not like a easy ticket into like moneysville like it's it's a process and it takes a long time and yeah it's uh i had to like learn how to make lures really good to begin with and even when i started my youtube i wouldn't even say i knew how to make lures good and it's been it's been a process of like you can't be afraid of what people think of you. You can't. Uh... Sorry. No. <laughs> I was just thinking about that before I said it. It's there's there's a lot of uh, introspection that goes on if you want to be a a bigger YouTuber that constantly gets people's opinions thrown at you. You know, there's a there's a brain change that has to. Like, you can't care what people think too much. It, it ultimately has to end up that way. And then, yeah, then you really, really, at that time, need to be doing something that you want to do and that you're not just trying to please people with. Because right. once you make the decision not to care what people think too much, um, if there's anything you're not okay with about you, it's going to be a problem, you know, because all that you got left is kind of, your opinion of what you're doing and if you're doing good are you happy doing what you're doing if like you better be good you know because it's not going to work if you're not right yep i mean yeah that's 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 it in a nutshell you got to be comfortable with yourself which is what i struggle with and i'll be honest to the world i struggle <laughs> oh, with that like, uh, I, yeah. I i i struggle with i i'm I'm a people pleaser and I want to help everybody and I want to build people up. And yet my image of myself is very, very low. Like I, I'm not to standard with anybody else and I'm constantly trying to push myself to do better. Um, but I don't really give myself the time to say, Hey, you've put a lot of work into this. This is, yeah, this is good. You know? So when somebody says something that I'm already thinking, devastating yeah I, i'm, <laughs> I'm it's, uh, it's in that fog of everybody else's thoughts and comments and opinions it's like it's it gets really hard to find 
<clears throat> your own. Like, are you actually enjoying what you're doing and listen to that one? It's, yes, it's a tough skill, but you know, over time doing this so long, I'll be working on what I'm working on. And this, you got to take the time to look at it and be like, mm, I like that, you know? <laughs> yes. In some yes. sort of way. You got to right. do that. And I, and again, I agree. I, I'm trying to get better at appreciating the work I put into it and, and the final product. I, I really am. Um, but at the same time, I look at some of the stuff that you're producing and it would be hard to walk away from that, not be super impressed at, at what you made. And I know your, your B lure you said was like your entry, but excuse me, some of the stuff you've done is, uh, I mean, let's just call it next level, but I mean, but that's also because you're pushing the boundaries with different baits with like, you know, I mean, inspirations. Yeah. Now that kind of leads me to my next point because you build these baits you're doing um like individual projects then you're making molds and you're showing how you make molds and how you make cast resins and then you're making soft plastics and then all of a sudden you have a jump in with epic bait molds yeah how did that if you if you can or if you don't mind explaining how did that relationship happen well i was on a open pore silicone mold thing and I was going over to Nick's old house a lot and in his garage, and we were pouring soft plastics all the time. And I'm mostly just pouring an open pour of silicone molds. And so I can make masters for those, carve whatever I want out of wood and make a mold, you know. And I was doing a lot of that. And I made mm -hmm. this crazy master. Um, it, was like three, it was the first one we ever did with Epic. It was a seven-inch swimmer. And okay. I made the wood master for that. And I had that for... I don't months before I gave it to Jason, but before then, how did I meet Jason? I saw them or Nick. Nick Rundle. I look, with, yeah, uh, yeah, Nick Rundle cave. three <laughs> bait cave. Uh, <laughs> he recommended that I uh, look at the Epic Bait Molds page on Instagram, and it's like, wow, that's a perfect freaking fit. We could we could uh, collaborate and. Mm. We were all into pouring soft soft plastics, and uh, we wanted open pour aluminum molds, two piece. Right, and it just worked out. They they popped up on the scene. I didn't know them beforehand. I like I talked to them once, and it's like, wow, this is going to be perfect. And boom, it all just falls in our lap. I guess were that were they fairly new at the time? Yeah, brand new. Oh, okay, months old, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that yeah, that's perfect timing. Though. Yeah, they were because they they need to make a name too, uh, which I've I've always been interested in. And I mean, just the the way that people get associated with other people, um, but in the sense of working together, collabing, affiliations, um, how to get to that point, uh, which your your I don't know how to call it your your mold or your hold on, I'll, I'll find the word Master. like your no but you're like from epic bait molds your um line your oh, line oh. of baits yeah. the marling bait line gotcha uh you, you that is a super for yourself not for anybody else for yourself to have that with another company 
and then yeah. to help them. You know what I mean? It's a, it's an amazing partnership because you have your completely own thing. They have their own thing. And then you're able to come together and make like this line, which I know is super successful because I've had a few soft plastic guys on here. Um, I talk to obviously a lot of soft plastic guys and a lot of them have like, it's not just an Epic bait. It's the marling baits, Epic putt or blah, yeah, blah, blah. You know, what I mean? bolts, you, yeah. Yeah, which is super, super cool. Like, that's, I mean, that's a dream, to be honest with you. Just because, like, I think about that myself as to, like, as far as branding goes. Yeah. Not not so much, like, the lure creation, absolutely, and the development, for sure. But, like, the branding, to be able to have your branding carry on kind of further than you can take it is is what I always think about. Like, when I think about, because I try to think about, like, apparel. I want to get into apparel and stuff like that but to take your brand further than what you could possibly take it through another company who's excited to take it with you um that collab's really really cool and i mean people love it i I see it literally everywhere dude it i tell you it's freaking amazing it it's great (laughs) because you can just uh i just get to think about what i want sketch it out measure everything have everything just exactly how i want it send it to jason he gets to work on it there might need minor adjustments. He lets me know everything. We test the bait, make more adjustments through testing if necessary, and then boom, this this thing exists that everybody can get their hands on and make baits with. It's kind of cool because you can't just get the bait. You got to go through a bait maker to get the bait. You know what I mean? And I yes. really appreciate that, that I'm doing that for bait right. makers in general. So it's super, super high value to me in that regard. And you- Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just, I was just gonna piggyback on that and say that, like, with what you're saying, is exactly. I've had people say about more resin baits, like getting blanks, or but when I've poured plastics, they've said, "Can, can you buy? Like, can I buy that mold? Can you make another mold for me?" And I'm like, I don't feel comfortable sending out. It's not perfect. Like, I've got to tilt it a certain way, just because I don't didn't put the venting holes in the right spot. Like. You got to play with it. It's not the greatest. And it's not like, it's not computer symmetrical. Yeah. I did it by hand. It's pretty close. But you have taken something that you've made and given it to somebody who can symmetric, like do it perfectly symmetrical. Mm-hmm. Everything's perfect. Put all the perfect vent holes in it. Know how the whole venting system works and get like with the hook slot, removable hook slots, like, yeah. And get somebody to get a, a le- like a legitimate, perfect carbon copy both sides lure that you can now say, well, here's my mold. That's my mold. Somebody did it for me in aluminum. Uh, there you go. That's it. And I, I think about that all the time, like how cool that would be to be able to get somebody something that you make, like you said, something you developed, but they can make, that they, they can pour. Yeah, it's a blessing. I'm, and it fell in my lap and it it's been so valuable for everybody involved. It's, it's been great. Right. I mean, any CNC guys want to fall into my lap or girls want to fall into (laughs) my lap. I should keep it open and be very open with fall in my lap, but anybody (laughs) wants to show up at my door, uh, you know where to find me because that is, that is a super cool, um, uh, partnership. And, and again, I know that they, I've never talked to to Jason and Amanda. I've never. I've obviously followed them. I know of them. Um, 
but never spoken to them personally. They seem like super, super down to earth, nice people. Yeah. Um, but like as much as, as far as them getting, because like it's a partnership. Mm-hmm. Getting, I'm sure all of their molds sell fantastically, but a mold that the say somebody that's buying it has watched on one of your videos, and they're able to pour it. Yeah. It's going to sell weight. I mean, I speaking out of turn because I don't know, but I guarantee you that the minute they release uh, a Marling Bates, you know, whatever, that sells pretty quick. I bet you the shelves start to get um, depleted pretty quick after the, the, the release of sales, which is a good thing for both parties. Yeah. It's, uh, for, they, they have their own, they're a pretty big presence. Like if you, uh, Yes, hundred percent. Name and everything too. They're a pretty big company when it comes to selling aluminum molds, and yeah, they have a they have a following that just follows them too. And yes, I don't want to undermine. Too, yeah. I don't. You're right. I don't want to underestimate Epic at all. Like I don't. They have a ton of base. Yeah. I'm not underestimating that at all. But I'm just saying that you have such a large presence in the bait making world. Yeah. That again, when um. And I'm gonna butcher the name, but you you did the like the sucker, yeah, like or or the 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 oh, hold on. You can sort it, their catalog, or you can go to just Epic Bait Molds in the Marling Bait tab, and you can sort by best selling. You can see which ones sell the, have sold the most so far, and everything. Oh wow, it's pretty cool. But the 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 big ribbed one that you did like within the last the aggro two months, the aggro, yep. like for somebody to be able to watch your video. And watch you build that, and you know what I mean. Like yeah. they watch the development of that, and they can now buy that mold from from Epic. Like that's people are going to jump on that just because, like, oh, I I watched the development of that. Yeah, like that's I I was and a if, part of. If that. I make a silicone version, usually beforehand, and a wood master of it, it usually helps quite a bit. You know, uh, yeah, because people can relate more through the videos, and yeah, for sure, that's a huge thing. So that's. I mean, and I, I congratulate both of you for that partnership. And uh, I, one day I will talk to, to Jason and Amanda because I'd love to just sit down and talk to them. And uh, because I know, like you said, they're a new company. I didn't realize they were brand new when you linked up with them, but I know they're a newer company in the scene. And um, Dude, they're the hardest working people I know. They're... Well, I mean, they just moved to Florida within yes. the last like eight months or something, right? They can put out some energy. Yeah. They, they no easy move. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you but that's cool i mean and that's epic bait molds they're on i mean dot com you can look them up uh on instagram they're the same thing so if anybody's interested in their molds you can check them out um but yeah i i do know that you've made a lot of your and i I mean i'm sure i've taken taken aspects of your the way you build molds for for silicone Mm -hmm. um because you've done detailed processes uh, now you go a little bit above and beyond me because i use like i use board and hot glue and tape and it's a mess they end up clean but you now i've seen you make like the wood boxes and you screw them all together and they're like perfectly tight and everything you, you're taking it one step further but at the same time you're starting to develop quite a nice little woodworking shop in there too that uh yeah it's quicker to slowly been acquired. <laughs> yeah. well yeah definitely now now the the process it's so clean that i see you working on so it's kind of motivated me to maybe clean up my shop a little bit get a little more woodworking to oh, us that's to, awesome uh, but yeah 
um, one day. Well, one day. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, so we know that this is something you do all the time. This is kind of your, your gig. But what does, what does Nate do? Like, what's Nate's hobbies? What does Nate do outside of bait making? Uh, I shoot quite a bit of slingshot, like a, a surprising amount. I shoot slingshot. <laughs> I can shoot a slingshot really good out the back window of my garage at Target. <laughs> That's what I do. Really? Yeah. I can hit. I got 40-yard targets that I can hit pretty reliably with a slingshot. 40 and, yards? Uh, yeah, they're like dinner plate targets. That's, that's a heck of a shot, in my opinion. That's a very <laughs> good shot. I used to, like, I mean, when I hunted, I, I, I shot compound bow. And, I mean, 25 to 40 was a, I mean. Yeah, I'm having to aim up. It's a big arch to it. Yeah, 40 I'm yards bothered. is a good one. There's seven 16th-inch projectiles, steel ball bearings. And no, the, the lawnmower never picks them up and throws them. They, they settle to the dirt, and I don't have to worry about them. I have a magnet that I go around and pick them up sometimes with. But <laughs> Yeah. You should show your slingshots in one of your videos. Uh, I next. think it be in the next. I have a little oh. slingshot montage I'm going to put in the next one, actually. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so slingshotting, that's... That's your, uh, um, anything else? Yeah, what else? I've been working out quite a bit. Uh, that takes time. I don't know if that's yeah, well, yeah. something to take a lot of time. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just trying to pick into what people might not get out of your videos about you just because you have such a following. But at the same time, if you're doing videos all day, how much time do you have, like, outside of finishing the videos, having dinner with your family, doing the bedtime routine with the kids? It's not like you have. Yeah, a million hours in the day. So, so uh, I got a question that. So during the day, you, you're you're searching like you're you're busy. Now, when it comes to winters, you much of an ice mm-hmm. fisher? Uh, I got into it. I bought a freaking Garmin Pan Optics. It was a lot of money. Thinking that I was gonna that was gonna get me pretty deep into ice fishing and I was gonna enjoy it, but it didn't work. And this year, I'm not <laughs> maybe one trip for me. You know, try to get a lot of meat in the freezer because it's good meat through the ice, you know, mm-hmm. and that's about it. That's all I'm interested in doing. Right. So like then the now I know in the past, like it, you can't obviously do the uh, cast to catch. And so are you going to probably stick to the same routine as like, because I'm pretty sure last year you because of the ice over you changed from more of the one day to style videos to like long drawn out processes more detailed work it's probably the best bet in the winters right yeah i like that too having the the change in the middle of summer just running around like a chicken with its head with its head cut off just doing one days and it's like high energy and it's nice out and then in the winter you're running around doing what just running around like a chicken with my head cut off doing one days that's what i feel like when i'm doing a one day thank you (laughs) thank you can you can you just say that a little differently this time Run around checking a head cut off doing... No, 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 no. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Anywho, in the winter, it all slows down, and I can do the longer format stuff, and yeah, I really enjoy the contrast. Right. Yes. And I mean, I, I like, again, and I, I spoke to, to Miko about it. The more detailed, and I, I since that Miko video, I, I've had people 
to reach out to me about what I'd said about it, which I'm about to say to you, is that the drawn-out, um, detailed videos that really emphasize the time that goes into a project, and it's it's almost relaxing to watch all of the little processes. Now, I know that even do when I do Instagram lives and I'm trying to explain, you kind of run out of things to say. So I can only imagine a YouTube video would be that much more, but to be able to show all like the long, I would watch a four hour video. I would watch an eight hour video of just the nuance of the building. Do you know I what know. I mean? Yeah. I remember when Miko got into scale carving back in the day, like before I was even making videos, he was carving scales on baits for YouTube videos. And it just, it felt like reassuring that somebody exists that can do that almost. I, I just, such inspiration for Miko. Right. But, and I mean, but you're the same. And I mean, his videos are also the same as the, the close up videos of watching the wood manip- manipulation with your knife um, and seeing the perfect little wedge of wood fall off. Now, I've used the wood that you use. I've used, I can't, I'm going to be honest with you, I can't use the box cutter knives. I don't care what really? kind of, I've tried, I watch you do it, and I'm like, it just makes, I cannot do it. I don't know why, it's just, I, I what want do you to. Use? Me? Yeah. I have. I have one homemade knife that uh like a uh put me on the spot uh i can't remember what it's called it's a japanese knife okay. you actually have one um i've, I've seen you use one oh, in your kiridachi kiridachi thank you gotcha uh i have one of those that i made and then i use like a detailed um exacto blade Oh, gotcha. You know what I mean? Like the fine tip exacto blade. I bought a bunch of those blades and they just snap off. I got a couple different styles, um, but that's mainly it. Uh, I'll use a nine millimeter. It doesn't come to like a spear point. It's it's the kind that snap off. Like what Miko uses is what you use. Well, the nine millimeter snap knife, I use those as well. Oh, okay. But but the just the detailed exacto knives I I don't know what size it is but it just comes to the, like the razor point I got uh, I'll do a lot of detail work in that now I break a lot of tips off and I I'm sure you break off less because of the thickness of the blade yeah but it, it's just the feel of that knife like it feels so much bigger and I'm such a wuss that I'm like I'm gonna cut myself hundred percent I'm gonna let that slip. Really, I feel like it's safer because, or I just feel more assured by it because it's so much more to grab, and I can put my thumb in front of the other thumb. And I've developed a—I never get cut anymore. I've developed a, a technique for carving where the last time I cut myself was over a year ago with a with the box cutter. Yeah, I mean, I I, I I I literally watched you, and I'm like, how does he do that? Like, I hold it and I try to because even when I'm carving, like you hold it. I mean. I'm getting into details here that only you and I are really understanding, but you hold it like a knife. Yeah. And I hold the exacto knife like a pen. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like I hold it like almost like I'm writing something as opposed to under my palm. It's above my palm. Like it's above my hand. Like a writing almost like. Yeah. I, I don't know. That just <laughs> <Your brain laughs> do it that way. I have no I have no answer. I don't know why I do it the way I do it either. 
but the point is is that i watch like those detail pieces fall when you're carving and there's a lot that you do uh amiko as well that when you guys are carving i'm like mine doesn't do that like i can't get that nice smooth curl like i can't get that rounded curl like that like i get so pissed off because i'm just like and you use tupelo no i use basswood i only use tupelo anymore hmm you should you should get a chunk of Tupelo and get a box cutter and see what it's like. It's, it's I'm, ma- I'm going to do that. I'm going to do both, and I'm going to make a YouTube video about it. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, all jokes aside, I will. There's a place that gets like all types of woods by me. Um, it's usually where I go for my basswood. I'm going to look into Tupelo. <laughs> yeah, I don't use basswood. I don't like basswood. I don't mind it. I go well, because I I came from uh, either uh, pine or poplar were oh. the two that I used. So they're you get a lot of chip offs and blowouts with uh with pine if you catch like a, a good good grain on there. So yeah. basswood I find you don't get that. Uh yeah. basswood's a lot easier to sand too. Tupelo is like ten levels past basswood with that. It's weird. Really? It's like it doesn't have grain. You can just take your knife and do zigzags and it doesn't matter. And it's it's amazing. Huh. Basswood, I shouldn't say that I don't like basswood. I said I don't like it. Basswood's just fine. Um, it's just kind of fuzzy. You know, you get the. Yes, yes, the I do. Coming off of it, and I don't like that. Exactly know what you're talking about, which is something I have to, like, either put a little super glue on or, or, or I um, seal it, and then you can do, like, more sanding to get that fur. But that's a lot of work. Like, there's a lot of steps involved in that. Um, I am going to look into Tupelo after, after this, actually. I might run out and grab some. Yeah, you'll love it. And again, because for anybody listening, I'm also talking about master carving. Like, I'm, I'm not talking necessarily about making a functioning bait either, right? Oh, I mean, it functions. You know what I'm talking about. But like, yeah. I'm not using it as a lure. I'm using it as a master. So obviously there's different baits or woods to use for different baits, which I've covered previously. But I'm going to look into Tupelo. I am going to try to find I think some. it stepped up my carving a little yeah. bit if there is like a a choice you can make in material and stuff that actually helps i've heard from people that they don't like tupelo because if you don't have a sharp enough knife you're just gonna smush the wood it's a lot like balsa in that regard like you need mm. to be working with a pretty sharp edge right but i've gotten chunks of tupelo that are harder than other chunks of tupelo that i've gotten and i know what those people mean when it when they're talking about smashing the wood right Tupelo can be a, like the perfect lure making wood, trust me. But and then there's other pieces. I don't know if it's coming from like more the outside of the tree that are way softer. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I'm gonna look into that just because I, I I'm I'm looking for anything to. Uh, now the last couple baits that I've made, they're more of like the Japanese design, like the smooth kind of sleek, less carving, just more yeah. more. Um, sleek i don't know that's the only way i thought that one with the big fan that was beautiful but well thank you uh but that one yeah there's no i mean that's all just hand carving and smoothing very kind of like sexy i wanted to be sexy nice line (laughs) but i do want to get into something my next bait i want it to be back into more detailed carving uh scales kind of i don't know it's kind of always pushing the envelope for yourself too so um I I have to get into the hard-hitting questions now, though. Oh, yes. Which are? 
First one being. Yes. Bananas on boats. I don't care. I don't. I'm usually not on a boat. Good luck like, or bad I, luck. I, banana well, on shore. You need a banana on shore. No. Yeah. I don't. I'll bring a banana with me. I'll so throw it in the water and catch fish with it. No. <laughs> big deal. So, so no, no bad juju behind bananas. No. Uh, well, okay. I have seen. You have a cat. I have a cat. You know how cats from like five feet away sometimes they'll wince at a banana because they smell I've, it. I've never noticed that. Well, they do it with fruit a lot, and like there's some fruit like an orange they can get close and smell it, and then they'll wince. But with a banana, it can be from like five feet away. It can be really far away. So that that it might be a thing. The smish, the fish can like smell the potency that comes off of a banana. I don't know. <laughs> it could be. I have a banana. I have a banana. I mean, people can't see it, and I don't know if you can see in the video, but I have a banana right there on my shelf, and I am going to, after this, throw it at my cat and see if they wince towards it. I've never noticed that. I never realized that was a thing. But, I mean, I guess anything's possible. But I, we're, I believe we're at two and two for bananas being bad juju or bananas just being a delicious high source of potassium and entering it on a boat so i actually almost brought bananas i went on a fishing trip this last week and i was going to bring bananas just to see because i was going for for four days and i wanted to bring it out one day and just say like see if um see if i had bad luck that day but i, I didn't i wasn't going to risk a good fishing trip for uh, <laughs> i should try to catch a fish with a banana now <laughs> <laughs> well because i asked that last time when they said yeah bananas are bad luck I've worked it down to like, it's the peel, not necessarily the banana. Now, like, yep. but it doesn't matter if you have a banana, like keychain. It's just the banana itself. So I, I don't know because I don't. I, I, I've just learned this superstition in the last few years. I didn't know that it was thing. Fish my whole life, never heard bad luck with bananas. So this is a new one to my world. So Got bananas, it. not a big thing. No, no, no. I don't care. <laughs> so you're not normally on a boat. You, you do kayak. Yeah. When you kayak, and I mean, that's one thing that I, I will say about your videos that always impresses me is it's never like, now I don't know, at least the way it's portrayed, it's always a little bit of a hike to where you're throwing in that kayak. It's never just like oh, yeah. pull up to a spot and just drop it in the water. I don't like going spots that people go to usually. It makes sense. It makes sense. I have my like little routes that I know nobody takes to get to the water with their kayak and I know no one will be there so I can shoot a video and feel like i'm alone you know i okay i'm, I'm sidetracked because i'll ask this question in a minute because i've always wondered this because i've my my holidays that i took a few weeks ago um i did a an instagram live on my boat while i was fishing and people pulled up beside me yeah and i instantly got self-conscious and was like silent on my live for like two minutes until like i could trolling motor myself out of the way <laughs> How, how do you, like, how do you, like, it's got to be something when you have all the cameras set up and then someone comes and. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do it in spite of them. It has to like, it, it can't be timidness. Right. Like you gotta raise your voice a notch above that, what, it, what you were doing. If the person shows up and be like, I'm shooting here and have oh, that. So, like, so you claim your space. Pretty much. You got to do that if, or else you're going to get your voice is going to get quieter and you're not going to shoot a good video. You're going to sound like that, you know? That's true. And I've always wondered that because like I, like I said, I got inside of myself being like, oh, am I, yep. am I doing this? <laughs> but I've wondered that because you do go to shorelines and I mean, it's not like you, 
you can reserve a space if somebody decides to show up and fish right beside you. Yeah, last time that happened, I I turned to him and I was like, oh, sorry, I'm not talking to myself. I'm shooting a video. I I just kind of, you got to step forward a little bit and then then they're like, then they talk to you and then it's all fine. Right. Yep. So, excuse me, when you're on your kayak. Yeah. Do Do you ever bring boat snacks? Oh, man. I've been doing this thing where I just, I pig out and then I go on a kayak trip. Makes sense. I mean, it's less to bring out when you're jumping on the kayak. It's an unfair. Yeah. The the boat snacks though, what would be my favorite thing to bring on a boat as a snack? Uh, Yeah. I I would say your go-to boat snack. But I mean, if you're shore banging and, and you bring in snacks too, like, is there something that you're bringing as a snack pretty consistently? Like, you know what I mean? Like the thing that's easy or, or that just. It's always just been a part of fishing. Um, I'll have to go back to my days when I used to eat a lot of candy, and it would probably be hot tamales. <laughs> hot tamales. As soon, as soon as you said hot tamales, they're—I mean, I'm fanboying a little bit—but where you were eating hot tamales in one of your videos, and you caught a catfish, and you oh, had yeah. to point out that you were. You dropped a hot tamale when you went the fish bit. <laughs> so I was grabbing one. I was sli- I was slipping one out of my pocket. That's that's what the fish bit. Pocket tamales. Yep. <laughs> Napoleon dynamite. I got tater tots in my pocket. <laughs> I mean, tamales are a good one. Like any of those yeah. Mike and Ike style candies that, that can fall the into the can yeah. fall into the pocket. You're not worried about them sticking to things. You just a nice little pocket snack. That's a, I mean, that's a good call. Like I, I, mine's, I mean, I've talked about mine, but I've only mentioned it once, but sunflower seeds are my kind of go-to is they're always with me. Dude, those but, can give you a buzz. They're so salty. Oh, but there's all, all the flavor butter. ones, man. Like the jalapeno ones. Oh, yeah. and, oh dude, they, I, I'm a big fan of the sunflower seeds. So I can the only problem is in the boat. Like I'm shot back in my boat out. Like that's the worst part. Is you're trying to get them over the edge, and very rarely do they make it over. Catch a little breeze, and you got to oh, have man. a pack. Now, baits. Now I know that you make a variety of baits. You literally you make all of the baits. I own two, which is an offset spinner and a crankbait. But you can't use your baits. I'm going to go one step further and say you can't use another maker's soft plastic baits because they make your baits. Uh, three, three of your traditional go-to baits, like just outside of even homemade baits. What Historically, what are, what are your three go-to baits that would, let's just say, never leave your tackle box just, just okay. for those hard days? So I have to go back to when I used to fish without my baits. Mm-hmm. Usually, I have epic soft plastics and my own hard baits, and that's what I fish with usually. So, oh man, twister tail that's got to be one a jig head and a twister tail, eighth mm-hmm. amp, uh, maybe like two and a half inch grub. That's one that's solid. I mean, that's pretty much. Yeah, that's everybody's. That's, that's but no, but I'm just saying, like that's gonna crush. It does. You can walleye for that. You can. Oh yeah. Crappie will hit that. Bass that's, will hit that. You can literally hit everything. That's a perfect. Yeah, that's all I'd be bait. throwing. Your dams. 
before lure making. That's that's like all I used to fish. That was it. That's mm-hmm. what, with the eighth ounce jig head. Me too. I went through a huge, literally eighth ounce. Same thing. Mine was all white and all white Mister Twister. Oh, and then a Rapala popper, and I don't know the special name for it. It was red, black, and white. Uh, had like a fish pattern on it. It was maybe two and a half inches. Just a Rapala popper. I need a topwater popper. Mm-hmm. And then probably a big bait. A Roman made mother chaser. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whopper plopper. I'll, I'll go top water again. A bigger yeah. whopper plopper. Probably the. I have the 170. The size under 170. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I. Whopper ploppers are something I, I've just maybe within the last two years kind of got into. Um, but they're definitely i've gotten blow-ups on them i just i don't understand them like that's that sounds stupid i understand them but growing up it was always like you're gonna scare the fish oh you're gonna do you know what i mean like it's always like you're gonna yeah i know what you mean and then you bomb a whopper plopper and it it sounds like my kid swimming through the pool kicking his feet on the top of the water like it's as much noise as you can possibly make Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, they've always just in my head, again, I've used them. I've caught them. I've, I've, I bought a bunch of blanks to spray them so that I could have kind of my own patterns. Um, but there's just something that I never, like the noise value just never, I don't know. It destroyed. My friend, bit- he, he was on a whopper plopper rampage one year and he was <laughs> Yeah, people sorry. can with them. Sorry, I got you cutting out again. Oh, sorry. I was no, just sorry. saying how my, how my friend was murdering with whopper ploppers. Oh, okay. And it just impressed me so much. And I Maybe I said that too soon. Maybe it wouldn't be a whopper plopper. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Something, something swimmy, maybe. Some subsurface that swims. I don't want a crank. Because I, I don't like anybody else's cranks but mine. Right. And then, so like a, something that swims large, maybe like a mag draft, something like oh, that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, like this last weekend, I, I started to fish. I, I made, again, we, we talk in the terms of our own baits because that's what we use. But uh, I started using one of my baits and I kind of made it to be just subsurface. Like it does suspend, but... It, it's a slow suspend so i can keep it just subsurface um but it, if you if you crank it just fast enough it literally is just sub it just breaks water right. so you don't get a wake but you get that like that rumble just under the water you know and yes i i, I was obsessed with it i was absolutely upset i don't know why i've never fished literally subsurface uh, and, uh, like four inches down, I would consider like two and three inches down. I would consider subsurface. You're just below, but I mean like an eighth of an inch under the surface. Not enough to break a full wake, but just enough to cause a disturbance on the top of the water. We were throwing that right along like cliffs and bringing yeah. it in, and they were getting absolutely hammered. That actually uh, looks like a fish moving fast on the top when they do yeah, that water. Yeah, you know? 
and I, I was just, I don't, I'm just like, this is, this is my thing. That subsurface, literal subsurface is, is my thing. That's what I'm going to be throwing from now on. Perfect. Okay. 24 hours anywhere in the world to fish a bucketless fish, three bucketless fish, 24 hours, anywhere you want. What is Nate going after? Three? Three. I have to think of three. Three. I'm stuck to like a I don't leave my house kind of person. I'm the same way, but well, we're in an imaginary world. I'm not that knowledgeable about where everything is, you know. <laughs> well, you don't have to say where it is. You can just say the type the of fish? fish that you would you would. Uh... Is it frowned upon to uh, catch dolphin on uh, rod and reel? Are we talking? Real dolphin or mahi mahi? Oh, yeah, because they're so smart and stuff. I just saw a dolphin one time when I went to Florida. I'd be like, that would be insane <laughs> to catch on rod. There was actually just a thing that popped up. Like, it might have been even last night that I was talking to my wife about that said, why aren't more dolphin caught yeah. on hook when I people feed them off talking. the boat? <laughs> but I, 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 should, I wish I would have read that then out because yeah. that's a good. But how are, how are you so smart that, like, people are throwing bait in the water to feed them? And then throwing that same bait with a hook on, and they don't eat that. Like, how many people have caught a dolphin with I a mean, hook? you probably don't have to be, like, human-level smart to be dumb for food still as an animal. You know? but, there's, but you could hook people. People are dumb enough to, you to get hooked. You think people would go for something with a hook in it, and you could hook them? <laughs> you could throw a hook in a cheeseburger, and you're catching somebody. In the water? For sure. Yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> That'd be a horrible fight, real than a human. Oh, I just snapped the line. Just dead weight. <laughs> so dolphin, human. And then what else? I mean, you could catch a human in my pool just if you want to just start throwing in my pool in the backyard. With one of my baits. There you go. <laughs> it might hook me. And then, oh, and then uh, an unfounded species that you have the opportunity to be able to name. That, Of course, that would be the other one. Well, what would you name it? What, well, I'd have to know what it looks like and stuff. That's I don't a good have call. It, but that would be so fun. That'd be cool. Yeah, that, I mean, that, the northern section of this planet is melting pretty quickly. We might find something. New species coming up. That'd be cool. I mean, but would you, are you the type that would name it, like, the Nate fish? No. The marling fish? I named I mean, it. I guess that's already game. too close. It, I would name it based on what it looks like. That's the most appropriate thing to do, I would think. But what if? But what if it's like? What if it's just like a six-inch, looks like a shad, but it's just <laughs> genetically a little bit different, never been found before. <laughs> hmm. That, because, because because I've I've seen that's probably like, what it would end up being something like that. You're right. Because I'm a big like Nat Geo guy and Discovery guy and. I'll have it pop up on my feed, like new species discovered of Shit. bird. And oh, you're like, what? And then you look at it and it's like, it's a finch, but it has two out of the three markers that are, and you're like, oh, nipples. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a finch. That's not a new species. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I hear you. I'd still, then I would just name it something absurd. That, that's the next <laughs> movie. <laughs> And I would still need to know what it looks like, so I don't know. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. So we're going with dolphin, human, and uncaught fish. fish. Yes. Unfound spit. Well, I mean, you don't really have to 
leave your house for any of those because that's all made up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, here's the real one. Maybe I, I would want to catch a Goliath grouper. Um, nice. And then I want to, I would want to experience what it's like to get an octopus off of your line and like fight it. Also Maybe very I, cool. I mean, I, yeah. I heard Jason caught an octopus one time from after bait molds and it was just this horrible, horrible experience. He was having like use his teeth and stuff to get rid of this thing. I'm not going to say the story. You can, you can tell Jason to say that story if you ever have him on. Just eating calamari while he's trying to get it off his line? Well, he was like ripping it off of him, I think. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and they have a beak and stuff. You got to be careful. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot of people, I know they're not of the same species, but like squid fishing is... Yeah, squid. Is I should say big... squid and not octopus. Well, so... octopus, I've seen people, like I just saw within the last little bit, somebody pull in an octopus and it was like what you were saying. They were like yeah, getting it off of their arm and everything like that. I would like to know how strong that thing is and like wrestle it a little, you know? I, yeah. Like what is I, that octopus like? I don't think it's going to tap you, but it might bite you. Yeah, I, I hear they're crazy though. They They can really, really stick on you and it's a... But they're also supposed to be super smart, so maybe if you just talk to it really nicely, it'll uh, <laughs> it'll let you go. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> no, but I know. Yeah, I want to do like a freshwater thing. I've already caught a muskie. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already caught a spoonbill. Really? Yeah. There's not much left freshwater. Okay. Yeah. Again, for freshwater, I'm going to say this because it is. In my top five. In one of your videos, you cut catch a sturgeon. Yeah. And you play it off like it was just like, oh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, they're all over the place here. Like on worm, you can just throw a worm in there and they'll eat your worm and pull out. It's, you got to be careful how you hold them because they're, they're big, I don't know what you call them, just exoskeleton. It can pinch mm-hmm. you, you know, when they bend. I mean, but you just, you're like, oh, yeah, look at, and I'm like, dude, you caught a sturgeon. Like, people a shovel nose. Would, would kill to, to catch a sturgeon. Yeah, those are shovel nose, and then there's, isn't it the white sturgeons or the really big ones? I would want to catch a white sturgeon. I think that's, or a lake sturgeon. Is that yeah, good? yeah. I would want to catch one of those. That's my third. The lake sturgeon. Yep. One of those big, big bastards. Awesome, man. Like I mean, everybody's is their own. I I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with your first three. Yeah, because uh, I think your first three are are more groundbreaking: dolphin, human, and unfound species. You can just cut the rest out if you want. <laughs> <Stick with that. laughs> That's hilarious. But again, I, I that's the questions I have for you. I don't like. I can't thank you enough for for doing this and taking the time out of your work schedule to, to kind of jump in here and, and oh, spend a, a little bit of an hour with me here. Where, what do you have new coming up? Do you just, just right now, just planning on pumping out the Sunday videos, keeping them consistent? Yep. I'm working on a, I'm calling it a flappy anal fin catfish swim bait. That's what's next. Amazing. Um, I'm not really working on that right now because I'm procrastinating. I think the next video might be titled procrastinating. <laughs> it's so nice out out here right now i'm just going out fishing and fishing with whatever i want i'm even live baiting and trying to catch some big ends and stuff and just making a 
making a whatever video right now too. Amazing. Yep. So people can find you. Where, where, where do you want people to find you if they need to get all uh, your details? You, uh, YouTube, I guess. I don't have any, I don't have anything else substantial, <laughs> my YouTube channel. I, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there for the, the five people that listen to this that might not know where you're at. That's Marling Bates on Marling YouTube. Bates, YouTube, yep. Marling Bates on, well, anywhere you want to try to find him, search for Marling Bates. That's Instagram. Um, you're not on any of the big, that's the thing. You're, you're pretty quiet with social media, so you're not on the Facebook pages. and Nope. I'm on that Instagram, stuff. but that's it. YouTube and Instagram. Right. Awesome. Dude, I can't thank you enough for for taking the time to to sit down with me here to to kind of go over what the other side of Mr. Nate Harling is. I know you're a busy father, busy bait maker. So, thank you again, my friend. Well, uh, no problem. Thanks for uh doing this podcast. It's a enjoyable one. Oh, I I mean, humbled by you saying that. But uh, again, I appreciate you listening. For everybody else listening, thank you so much for for participating with this, for sending me all your your feedback and and your comments and questions. Uh, It only makes the show better and move forward. So thank you for that. And as always, happy fishing, and we'll see you on the water.